We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where I help you stop putting out fires and start leading. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can follow me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. One of the best pieces of feedback that I've gotten during the pandemic with the masterminds that I run is that principals are enjoying talking about instruction and not just talking about COVID rules and regulations. It's one of the great things that we get to do in the mastermind is focus on the things that really matter. And sometimes we try to focus on other things, on the distractions that take us away from our vision, but we're always able to come back because our whole goal is to help us get our schools to where they need to be. So I would love to have you in there. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you've probably heard me talk about it before. You probably have questions. Just go to jethrojones.com slash mastermind and let's set up a time to call, to talk about it. That's jethrojones.com slash mastermind and then click on schedule a call. I look forward to talking with you. Again, that's jethrojones.com slash mastermind. Welcome to Transformative Principal. I am excited to have on the program today, Greg Doverspike. He is the superintendent of Durand, Arkansas School District in Western Wisconsin, and excited to have you here. He's been in education for 21 years. Uh, Greg, welcome to Transformative Principal. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. So I'm pretty excited to talk to you today because we're going to talk about something that's a little bit different than what we usually talk about here, but I think is important. You recently made a change into how your administrators were paid. So I want to talk about that. But first, I want to talk about what paying them was like in the past. And most people know that principals increase in steps as they are 
in a district and they get paid more the longer they've been there. What was it like in your district? Uh, you know, our district, uh, our administrators are all tied together contract-wise in terms of typically a percentage. Uh, so we usually got the the same percentage increase that the teaching staff got. So it was all based on how you negotiated your original contract with the district. Or uh, occasionally if somebody was behind, our, our district would do like a couple year catch-up. Uh, they might say, you know, you get $3,000 extra plus the teacher increase or the percentage increase for like a three-year span just to try to do a catch-up. But everybody was at a different wage in our district. And uh, so we look to make a change. Okay. So uh, people get paid, you know, like you said, it's based on how they negotiate their contract as they go into a district. And that's typical in some ways that you can get credit for being in other districts or working in that position already. And then other times the district pretty much sets what someone makes and there's no ifs, ands, or buts to it. And that's just, there's no negotiation that happens. I had a, a boss one time who's in education who said, Jethro, everything is negotiable. So you should always try to negotiate. <laughs> I think that that was good advice for me. So that that's where we, we start here that, you know, some principals may have gotten paid a little bit differently because they were there because they negotiated a better thing as they were coming in. Some may have gotten paid differently because they had had more experience. Um, so what was the change that your district made? You know, we recently, um, you know, it's a conversation I've had often. I think administration is like a puzzle. And when you build your admin team and you want to find people that fit together as a puzzle pieces, uh, so you don't want two pieces to be exactly the same because then there's a piece that you're missing. Uh, and I think our admin team is diverse. I think we all are very similar. Uh, we all have, have different qualities that we bring to the table. Uh, and I think we value each other uh, the same. I think about uh, as a superintendent here, I don't value my high school principal any more or any less than I would value uh, our director of teaching and learning or our director of people services. Uh, I think they all have important traits that they have. Uh, they all have important skills and they all have, have similarly important job responsibilities. Uh, so we made the move to pay all of our administrators the same salary. They all work 230 day contracts. Uh, so we moved them all to the exact same salary. So theoretically, they all have identical contracts. All four of them do. I have an elementary principal, a middle senior high school principal, a director of teaching and learning, and a director of people services. And uh, the conversation I had with our board is I just value them all the same. Uh, I think they all do tremendous work. I think if any one of them were to leave, we would be looking you know, very long and hard to try to find somebody that fills that void. And and so, and, and we're a team. And so I just felt it was important for all of us to, or all of them to get paid the same. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk more about the mechanics of that in just a moment. But one of the things you mentioned was that uh, you have a elementary principal and a middle high school principal. And sometimes, uh, and in fact, in most districts, the high school principals make more than the middle school principals who make more than the elementary school principals. And some of that is justified in that sometimes principals at the high school level work way more nights and weekends than principals at the elementary school level. Um, but that's not always the case. And so that discrepancy existed and now it doesn't. What were some of the the concerns or drawbacks that you heard as you were making this decision about, well, I do so much more work because I'm the high school principal, that extra pay is justified. Did you hear any of that or what was it like for you? Uh, we did not. Um, you know, I did hear that from some colleagues, some of those kind of things, you know, and, and, and you know, nights and weekends. And, and, and my, my comment to that is, is twofold. Number one, it was, you know, well, if you're going to be here supervising an athletic event, then, then you get paid supervisor pay. So you're still getting compensated for your time, which is a way to differentiate that. And I also, uh, you know, say, 
uh, you know, it, 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 it's kind of what you signed up for when you agreed to be a high school principal. It's no different than, you know, when you're an English teacher, you signed up to take home a lot of papers and read them at home at night. When you signed up to be a special ed teacher, you signed up to write IEPs. You know, I mean, it's, it's all based on what you signed up for uh, when you agreed to get into the profession. You kind of knew what the demands were of, of your particular occupation or your particular field within, the, within this. So that was one argument we heard. And the other argument that we heard quite was, you know, the idea of, well, what happens if one person, you know, you pay them all the same, but one person thinks they're working harder than the other or, you know, that one does work harder than the other. And, and the comment I just had is that's my responsibility. You know, I'm taking the risk here. Uh, because it's going to be twofold. It's up to me, number one, to make sure everybody's pulling their weight equally. And number two, if somebody feels that they're not, that that they're pulling more weight than the next person, then they need to have that conversation with me. And then collectively as a group, we need to sit down and have that conversation together. Um, you know, I feel like we have a very open and transparent administrative team where we have a lot of conversations together and we don't agree all the time. And we've had some, you know, interesting and, and, you know, nothing's ever become too terribly heated, but we've had some heated conversations related to different topics. And, and in the end, we agreed on something, we move out and we work together as a team. And, you know, I view us as no different than a family. As a family, sometimes you have disagreements, but in the end, you have to move forward. And um, so that's kind of the, the way I countered those arguments as a way to justify why we were, why we did what we did. Yeah. And so um, is, is there a teacher's union or an educator's union in Wisconsin or in your district that had some pushback about that as well? Uh, no, I, I I don't even know how many people in the district really know uh, that we made that move, um, you know, because it was a conversation that I had with the school board in closed session. All the negotiations were enclosed and they just come out of open. So, I mean, I suppose if somebody actually filed an open records request on our contracts, they could see it. But no, in terms of, of pushback, you know, we don't we don't have a there's still unions in Wisconsin. Obviously, since Act 10, a lot has changed in that regard. Um, we still we don't have a certified union, but we have we have a group of people that still kind of act like a union and, and we treat them as such. Uh, but we started probably seven years ago with an alt compensation package uh, where our teachers have to do a series of things and uh, and then they get a $1,250 pay increase per year. Simple things uh, like a, a effective year of teaching, which basically means you can't get on a plan of improvement. Um, and then a handful of other things, which they were doing already. We're just asking them to document. Yeah. So I imagine that as you, you've got a pretty small team, so it's a little bit easier with a small team where you all know and trust each other pretty well to make these kinds of decisions. But I imagine that some people got a significant pay increase and some people even either stayed where they were or may have even decreased. How did you work out those individual situations? Um, you know, nobody got a decrease. Everybody got a something of an increase. You're right. We did have one administrator that, that had about a $10,000 pay increase. And I think the conversation it goes back to, like I was saying, we had one in, uh, administrator that got about a $10,000 pay increase. And one of the things that we do with our admin team is, is we okay. meet weekly and, and part of our conversation this time of year is on contracts. So our entire admin team knew what everybody was making and what the increase would be for all. And I think collectively as a group, I know they all valued the lowest paid one or the one that got the big increase. They valued what she did and she is phenomenal at what she does. And I think they realized that it was important for her to get their raise and and there really was no, no issue. Nobody talked to me about it and they were very supportive of her getting that increase. So I think when you make changes like this, an important thing is to make sure that nobody is is reduced or made to seem like they are, uh, you know, not as valuable. 
So, you know, knocking somebody else's pay down 10,000 would have yes. been a much different reaction from, from that person, I'm sure. Uh, so I think that's one good thing to think about. What are some other uh, ideas or thoughts or things to keep in mind as you're working with adjusting the pay of your employees? You know, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I remember when we moved to our alt comp uh, package here in, in the district. And, you know, we had to slot them is what we called it because everybody was at different. And then we tried to get to a situation where people were, you know, the slot. And obviously some people were getting, you know, thousand dollar pay increases and some might have been getting a twelve hundred dollar. You know, it was all over the board. And one of the things that we just basically told everybody is understand that we have to go through this process in year one. But we are guaranteeing that everybody gets X amount of dollars of a pay increase. Um, you know, and, and so I think we set the number at like $600. So everybody got at least a $600 pay increase. And then it allowed us to slot the people uh, accordingly. So I think it's, it's just recognizing that, you know, I just believe in being open from the beginning here, we're moving to this program, it's going to require everybody to get a different increase this year. But once we're there, we're going to be in a better spot. And we value everybody, we're not going to decrease anybody's wages. In fact, we're going to guarantee everybody gets this much of an increase. Uh, just to kind of value what everybody does. Well, and this is an area of uh, compensation where people are nervous about what could happen because it's their livelihood. And even though we all go to work for the kids, we also all go to work for a paycheck. And so talking about compensation can be can be really challenging. John Cat Educational supports high-quality teaching and learning by providing publications that are research-based, practical, and focused on the key topics proven essential in today's and tomorrow's schools. The latest John Cat publications include a book whose bold, transformative ideas amaze and infuriate people around the world, according to one reviewer, a title from Global Leaders in Curriculum Planning, Practice, and Retrieval, one book that says stop talking and start doing with regard to teacher well-being, and much more. These books, used by educators of all roles across North America and worldwide, amplify fresh, engaging voices with practical strategies to create transformative change. Learn more in our show notes at jethrojones.com slash podcast. What advice do you have for other superintendents who might be thinking about adjusting how things work? How do you start that conversation, especially if you may not have been transparent in the past? You know, I just think it's, it's, I'm a big believer. Um, I call it the drip method. Um, and, and it was a conversation that, you know, obviously I, I built a lot of trust within our admin team or we have collectively. So, you know, I would approach this, you know, I approached it differently than I would if, if I wasn't necessarily transparent, but I would, I was thinking about doing this, you know, I would probably three or four months before I thought about it, just talk about, you know, we're all doing the same. I value all of you the same. And, and, you know, and just kind of start dripping those comments out, you know, over time. And then when you, that way, when you have to make the proposal and actually, you know, show the meat behind it, uh, they're a little bit more being like, okay, I know you've been preaching this. This doesn't come as a surprise. Now we're just, you know, putting the proof in the pudding. You know, I think back, uh, you know, a similar concept when we were building our athletic complex here in the district, I wanted our board to make a decent contribution to it. 
Um, and I had a number in mind from day one, but I never let them know that number until, you know, I talked about a significant contribution. I talked about doing our part. I talked about, we need to step up to the plate and, you know, over about three or four months. And that, that way, when we got to the fifth month, when we actually said to them, here's what I think we should do. They weren't surprised by the dollar amount. They were, it, it was a, you know, a two minute conversation and, and they approved it and moved on because we had laid the groundwork early on to give, you know, to put the concept in front of them. So that way, and I think that's true in just about anywhere in life, you know, people don't like to be surprised with, with uh, important decisions. They like to have some time to think about it and consider it, you know, so the, the sooner you can get to people and start laying the groundwork, the better off you're going to be. Mm. Yeah. And I, I really appreciate that approach and it's important. And we're talking about money here. So we're thinking about number, but the final push, the final thing that's going to like that could be the frightening thing is not as frightening because you've talked about it so much beforehand. You've built it up. You've talked about it. You've mentioned it. You've said, this is a way we need to go. This is something we need to be thinking about. So that when the time comes, it's like, oh, so how much does it cost? Well, that much? Okay. We can manage that. And I think that that's where valuing, you know, if you're going to make a huge change in your district, it's going to be expensive. And if you if you are really passionate and care a lot about that, then you have to understand that you've got to put in the work and the resource, the resources into making that successful. And so, you know, if you're just going to say, we're going to adopt this new curriculum and, you know, it's, it's important, but it's going to cost $3 million. Then people are going to be like, wait, what (laughs) What are you talking about? You just brought that up. But if instead you say, this is what we want to do, and this is the direction we're going, then when that price tag comes, then it's like, oh yeah, I I guess we can do that. If we've talked about how important this is and we should just keep going with it. Do you find that that does work with other things besides just talking about money issues, but with curricular changes or other things like that? Yeah, you know, I do. And I think, uh, I think as much about the curricular concept is about transparency of process. Um, You know, it, it needs to come down to, you know, making sure people know you've done your due diligence. And, and I just think about our admin, uh, our, our school board, because um, that's who I deal with the most on these kind of things. As long as I tell them, here's what I, here's what I recommend we do. Here's the, you know, 14 things I've looked at, investigated, determined, decided, thought about, and, you know, that backs up this conversation, then they're a lot, you know, they're, they're, in my experience, they've been very willing to approve it because they know that you've done the work, you know, like curriculum, you talked about, you know, money and, you know, it, it's, it's having the conversation with the school board ahead of time to talk to them and the staff, having them be involved. You know, the other thing I've learned is, is, you know, you have to have some skin in the game when it comes to curriculum work. So you want a core group of teachers and, and, you know, it could be a combination of, of the ones that, you know, are your movers and shakers, uh, the ones that are, they'll do whatever they're told. And then, you know, you want to pull in one or two people that are naysayers because you want to have them involved in the process. You know, and I always talk to the admin team when we're putting a committee together, you know, I said, you got to check off every box as you, you know, as you sit there and front of your staff on, on opening day in service, you want to check the box of the, uh, the one group that sits over here. And then another group that sits over here, you know, you got the coaches that all sit together. You want to grab somebody out of each of those groups. So that way they can go back to their group and talk about how, what we're doing is the right thing to do. I'm a believer of getting a couple of naysayers on there or a couple of slow adopters on there uh, because I, it, it then puts them as having some skin in the game. So therefore they're less reluctant to, to try to fight change. Well, not just that, but it also gives them an opportunity to air their concerns 
when it's a smaller group that's easier to manage and to resolve their concerns earlier on. And if you, you know, with any of those changes that you're trying to make, if you don't have those concerns brought up early on, then you're going to put all the effort into doing it. And then that it could totally bomb because you didn't know what blind spots you had when you were excited about it from the beginning. Yeah, exactly. And I think it just, it's also important to get it, you know, like you said, just all those different members of the, of the pie together. And hopefully then, uh, you know, things go a little bit smoother than what they would normally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is, I think just a really valuable thing for people to think about. When I heard that you were doing this, I was excited to talk to you about it. You're doing a ton of other great things in your district too, but this is something that making a big change to compensation and a lot of people intentionally or not put a lot of stock and value into how much they're paid and how much other people are paid and how much they're paid in comparison with others. And and you've put some real thought and concern into this. And so I was excited to be able to talk with you about that. Um, is there anything that I should have brought up that I didn't about this conversation about changing compensation? No, I think you hit all the big things. I think it's just, it's about valuing the people around you and, and it's about building a team and it's about talking to people. Uh, you know, I, I think we have a wonderful team here and, and I really don't want to, you know, I know uh, our high school principal is, is retiring and, and we brought in a candidate that we have the utmost confidence in and, and collectively, you know, I'm a big believer in fit. Mm -hmm. And when we were interviewing for our principal's position, I talked to our board about, you know, biggest thing I'm looking for is fit. Mm -hmm. And, um, and once you find that fit with your group together and put that puzzle together, uh, you can accomplish a lot of great things. And then everybody's kind of pulling their own weight and their own separate, you know, in, in, in their particularly area of strength. And, and I think it just makes the organization that much better. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, one thing that we, that we didn't talk about, cause your district isn't set up this way, but I looked at several district level positions throughout the years and going from a principal to that. And one of the major challenges of doing that was that my daily rate would decrease so much by going to a year long position. I may have made about the same over the course of the year, but in the districts that I was talking about, I was on a, like a 195 or 205 day contract versus a 230 day contract. And that change just made it really not interesting at all to make the change to that different position, especially since I loved what I was doing as a principal. And those are things that that I think it's really important to pay attention to and to think about how those changes in compensation can affect people. So I'm just really appreciative of the insight that you have for this. And hopefully it's it's given some people some ideas out there of, of different ways they can do things. Yeah. And thank you very much for having me. It's it's uh you know it's not a topic that's fun to talk about, but it's one that's important. Yeah, for sure. So the final question is, um, and this doesn't have to be about compensation, but what is one thing that a principal or a superintendent can do this week to be a transformative leader like you, Greg? I think especially during this pandemic as well, we take ourselves way too seriously as leaders and as administrators. And the biggest thing I just want to say is don't take yourself too seriously. Get out I've been in my office way too much already today and, and uh, I'm going to pretty soon, I'm going to get up and I'm going to look at the, my admin assistant. And I'm going to say, I'm going to go remind myself why I'm in this and I'm going to go walk around and just see kids. And, and I think that's the biggest thing is just remind yourself why you're in it. Go out, have fun with the kids, let them see you uh, not be your, you know, not the typical person they see, you know, let them see you have fun and, and laugh and goof around with them and remind yourself that you're in this and, and you're working with, you know, the greatest asset uh, our country has, which is our kids. 
Yeah, absolutely. What a, what a great way to end it. Thank you so much, Greg, for being part of Transformative Principle today. Yeah, thank you very much. Hey, middle school principals, what if I told you that all your teachers had to do to teach your students really valuable social and emotional competencies was just press play? In Control SEL is a fully automated video curriculum that teachers and students absolutely love. And that's because it's easy, and it looks just like a Netflix or a YouTube show. So all you have to do to hear about how it can completely transform your school is schedule your call. Tell us Jethro sent you, and you'll get 20% off if you feel like it's a good fit. So go now to www.incontrolsel.com slash strategy call to schedule your call today. The link will be in the show notes. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.